everyone, welcome to another podcast on the Research Lounge. So today I had with me Diana, who is currently a PhD student at the University of Surrey and is based at the Animal and Plant and Health Agency working on characterising equine immune cells and determining their interaction with different viruses. This was a slightly different podcast, it wasn't as structured, it was a conversation but this was a very good conversation, it was very interesting, we covered a lot of topics so hopefully you like this different style to the podcast do let me know in the comment section and yeah let's get straight into it so let me think so beginning off when did we go into the first lockdown march march yeah it's gonna be a year so the first two weeks of march we weren't allowed into our agency so there was a really fine line between what was deemed essential research which obviously like most of ours isn't but one of one of the girls in my office had an animal study that had already started you can't just like pause right an animal study you know for like ethics and loads of things so she was allowed to continue as normal but the rest of us weren't so i was literally dying for two weeks until we went to milton keaton's and yeah i was there for a few months and then came back and yeah, pretty much allowed straight back into the lab because they then allowed us to come back. So because I think because we had time limits on our PhD. So usual agency staff were only allowed to be in if they had to be in the lab. So if you were desk job, you weren't really allowed in. That's still kind of the policy, kind of. Right. But we just, I'm in there all the time. We're supposed to not be in all the time, but definitely all the PhD students are in as much as we can be and four of us actually all of us in some capacity are involved in COVID testing so four of us work at the agency in their they have like a study I don't know how much I can say so I probably shouldn't say anything but they have a COVID study that we're helping with mm. it's it's basically COVID testing but for a bigger purpose I don't really understand it and then two of us also are doing testing at our university campus so everybody's staying involved which is nice yeah okay so you're not doing too much phd work itself at the moment it's kind of like three days phd work three days covid testing of some kind Mm. but it is really hard i was talking to my friend today about it that trying to fit a week's worth of phd work into three days is incredibly difficult so yesterday i was in by like half eight and left at half nine because i had to like ram two days worth of work into one and, but I'm only contracted till the end of March. I don't think I'll ask to extend my contract only because it's like physically impossible to stay sane and like do all the things that I'm trying to do. This, this, or oh, this thing with the March is agency. Yeah. So that's just the COVID testing in the agency. I probably will keep COVID testing at uni because it's only on a Sunday that I've signed up to. And like a bit of pee, you know, bit of money and, uh, what else am I doing on a Sunday, really? Yeah, exactly. I've gone on enough walks in this pandemic. I'm bored <laughs> of walking. <laughs> right. Oh, so you work, you're working at two different labs now, then? Two different COVID labs, yeah. And obviously my own PhD lab. Busy bee. Oh, my God. Flat out. Why not, though? Yeah. I'm so annoyed at the moment. I had a massive infection with my cells last Friday. I was, oh, no way. The worst. It's like my second or third one now in like the last four. What's happened? I think 
the incubator is just broken. It's just not. They, they have yeah. bought a brand new incubator, a new HUD, and they've still not put it in. And I'm just, oh my gosh. Um, just put it in. It's... I actually, real, so I don't know, a few months ago, I was, I've had the worst cell stuff as well. So I'm in the same boat as you. Like literally couldn't get my cells to stay alive longer than an hour. Like take them out of the freezer, out of storage, and they would die. Just die. And I, I just, I was, I was baffed. But I've got them to live now. Opened the incubator yesterday and I was like, that stinks. Something, something's growing in here. And it's not just myself. So I was like trying to like clean it without like obviously ups, obsessing everybody else's stuff. And I was like, whoa, my cells aren't going to live with this. Something else is growing in here. Incubators are the worst to stay on top of. I can't wait till my cell work's done because I don't really have the patience for it. It's not good. This comes down to patience. This is why I think I like flow cytometry because if I've made a mistake, I know immediately. I know like you, you did bad. You did a bad thing today. I don't have to wait for things to grow for days or weeks or whatever. It could just be done. <laughs> why? What are you doing with your flow, flow work? So I do my project. The overarching project is like an equine immunology project. So like characterizing and identifying dendritic cells. That's what my project is. So, it's, so I do most of that on the flow, which is pretty cool because I like flow. But because of the, what is the word? The equine world is very underfunded in terms of research, in terms of like immunological research, which is surprising considering how much money goes into the equine industry. But because of that, I don't have like access to certain like antibodies and reagents and stuff that I need to do what I want to do on the flow. So I have to like go all the back routes and like confirm what I should be able to confirm on flow, but try and do that on like PCRs and like sequencing. And uh, and now my supervisor's like, oh, let's just put some viruses in. And I was like, but why? <laughs> why do I need to do that? This is so hard. And I was only trying to tr like titrate my virus for months. And he was like, you have to do it like using like PFUs or whatever and I was like yeah but no one does it using PFUs for this virus like there's not one paper out there that was like you know what's a good idea let's do PFUs nobody I know I have to do it like proved it to him like maybe like 10 times like it doesn't work this way and he's like you know what like I don't know why you're not just using like the spearmint and carver like TCID 50 thing and I was like oh, I've been telling you it's since day one but you know no worries we'll just do it your way look it's, so it's not even validated that he's just like let's just try this out because he wants to be like, if, you know, I can do it. Like, <laughs> me and my research team, we can do PFUs. But, like, no, we can't. No one can do PFUs with this virus. I mean, I'm sure someone can. It's just, it's just so annoying. And it's hard. And, like, I don't like it. The crystal violet gets everywhere. I'm just not down for this system. Let me do it how everyone else does it. I don't have to be special in this way. I know. Sometimes I think just, like, with projects... I think it's just easier just to just do the actual the methods that you should be doing not stop trying to spice it up don't fix what's fix what's not broke you know like let me just live let me just do it this you've wasted like months of my time trying to do this and now i did it in like one day when i did it the normal way and i was like wasting my time oh, this is i don't know because so my, you know do you know 
I can't speak tonight. I don't know what's up with me. That I dream, can't what's going on? <laughs> I, mean, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what's going on with me. Sorry. Um, but all I was trying to say was my background is sports science, right? Okay. And originally I was working a lot with human work. Yeah. So you can't really spice things up. Yeah, it is what it is. It is what it? it is. Like a VO2 yeah. max, you do it a certain way. Well, there's different ways of yeah. measuring uh, VO2 max. But you can't spice the actual protocol up. There's not mm. too much to kind of, uh, how can I say, maneuver as much. Or if you're doing like, I don't know, one RM squat, for example, you can't change how you squat. Mm. But I find with cell work, there's more flexibility. Tweaking, more. yeah. I don't like it. I hate it. <laughs> Give me structure. It's some... I. I love structure. I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. And if a protocol is meant to be this way, why are we changing it? Like my supervisors were like, no, let's do it this. I'm like, why? I just want to go. Everybody else has published and they've done it this way. Your way is not published. So don't tell me to do it that way. Oh my gosh. So my, my supervisor, I like, I do love him. We have a really, really good relationship. Like I love him. But sometimes he's like telling me to do things and I'm like, but why? Like, I think you want to do it just to make my life hard. I think that's the only reason you've asked me to do this is because you know I'll fail and you know it'll upset me. Like, why? I've come up with with this theory that as a PhD student, I believe we try to make it so much more complicated than what it is in more situations anyway. I kind of agree with you. It's because it's like, look at all this knowledge. Like, let's like put it into this situation. And it's like, no, this is literally just basics. You don't need to be smart here. Put some cells in a thing. Let them grow. Stop trying to be clever. Just let it do its thing. Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's... It is hard. I can't wait to be finished. I've got so long to finish. As much as I should be in my final year, COVID has really put a spanner in the works and everything's happening so slowly now. I know. My, one of my mates as well, he was... Because you must have been second year before COVID happened. Yeah. So to me now in third year, you're like, oh my, I bet it's like crazy feeling. Yeah. So I went into my third year actually in October and we were allowed for... But like the funding runs out in our third year, but we are allowed four years. Mm. But I don't even know how many months we missed because like, obviously we were at Milton Keynes, but obviously we weren't doing any lab work. Mm. Um, and then I don't actually know when I properly went back to the lab. I was back in the lab in July, went yeah. home in August, back in September, but then Christmas, like the whole situation has been so disjointed. Um, yeah, it is a bit of a frenzy now, trying to like rush through everything I have to do. And like when something then goes right, you suddenly are like, oh, like, let's try this. Let's try that. Let's like expand this section. And it's like, you don't have time. I'm really like probably more than ever before been very conscious about time. Yeah, it, there's a lot of pressure. I haven't even really started writing. Like before COVID, I'd started writing, which was good because like I have a backlog. Well, backlog, I have like a foundation haven't written at all since COVID. So it's going to be like a scramble at the end. Oh my gosh, I'm stressed even just thinking about it. Did you, did you not get an extension when you were working on it? So everybody else did in my office except me because I am on a visa. 
Right. So the university denied it, saying that like for visa reasons we can't give you an extension, which I have like argued higher up now because um like I was also affected by COVID. I don't know what my visa has to do with that. Yeah, that doesn't make sense at all. And the visa team actually approved my extension, so can't swear. Someone's someone's made a mistake actually. Um <laughs> beep. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm I am worried. I am so worried. I feel like I have to do so much in like six months. Do you like that in a way? Because yeah. I don't know. I kind of like pr- no, I don't think it's fair for me to say that actually because I'm not in third year. And obviously <laughs> this year is very stressful anyway. But are you is there like somewhat acceptance that you might not be able to get all of your lab work done? Like surely the university's accepted that or is it just a thing you have to get it done so hmm, to some degree it will be accepted yeah but the point that i'm at now because of covid so everything i planned to do last year i couldn't do so because of covid i i like i would hate to present my project as it is now i haven't got enough work for me to even think that i deserve a phd off the back of it because I didn't even know how to explain it. Did you hear that sound come through? I, I can hear you if that's what you're asking. Oh, didn't hear me? No, because I think... Yeah. So yeah, just because of the like COVID situation, I don't... I, yeah, I wouldn't be happy presenting what I... Like the results I have up until now, and I definitely want more. But I guess I hope that examiners will be like have some sort of like leniency, you know? Because there's only so much you could have done, especially if you didn't have like a theoretical PhD. Like I have a friend that did that's doing a theoretical physics PhD, like some quantum biology. It sounds impossible for stuff. And I don't even think he ever asked for an extension or ever was really worried because his was all online. So he like chose to move back home. And yeah seems like on track is probably the only person i know that's on track considering yeah because some people have been doing a bioinformatics yeah PhD yeah it's been not as nice but a lot easier anyway because lab work yeah of course like we've had eight months off i forgot how to use a pipette you know no, i'm joking but <laughs> oh, really? we were preparing like mad and I. <laughs> <laughs> I was like a pro when I came back and all yeah. people, you know, like just gosh, pro pipetta. <laughs> got two I used to get hand cramped. Did you used to get hand cramp? No, I was alright, I was. Oh right, because you did sports science. Probably that <laughs> probably all the weights. your thumbs out like <laughs> Yeah, all the weights. Did you stay in the hotel? I did, yeah. Did you like the hotel? It was not I I, I love that sausage, bacon and egg sani in the morning did you ever eat that we never got that no we what? got um what did i what would we used to get oh my gosh we got like paninis mozzarella panini. paninis oh don't talk yes. about the paninis <laughs> i was so fed up with the paninis do you know what the worst thing was on night shifts i used to be like i'm not gonna eat that panini and every morning so hungry. Yeah. so hungry after a 12 hour shift come back eight in the morning and i just eat that panini I'd have two But you beds. hated it, right? Every bite you were like, I hate you. I'm like, why am I doing this? I had two single <laughs> beds in my room, right? <laughs> I used to do 
one bed was for my panini. <laughs> roll over onto the sink. And, think- <laughs> and then that's where I'd sleep. I had a massive room. I had those one of those like massive executive suite things. I loved mine. Oh, I'm jealous. How, how did you get that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. One of my friends actually managed to get this like even bigger suite. Had a balcony, had like a living room, had um like a his and hers kind of bathroom, like shower and bath, like separately, two sinks. Had a whole literally a house because he went and spoke to the front guy and was like can I have a bigger room he's like you know what I've got the room for you and took him to this massive room oh my gosh I know in all honesty like what an experience like I'm very grateful for it um I was actually in Wales at the time when I had the phone call as well so are you Welsh I was going to ask you if you're Welsh Welsh? yeah I am Welsh yeah yeah Yeah, my housemate's Welsh your housemate's Welsh yeah does he want to be on the pod he or she want to be can, on the- can, what can I say Camry Ambeth and I can Ambeth. say uh, nice. I can say Diana Dewey oh look at that and uh, Bora Da <laughs> I went on Duolingo for about five seconds <laughs> but yeah Shannon she's Welsh oh no star that's a good night yeah good night yeah that's it Bora Da's good morning so that was good yeah awesome. is she fluent Welsh I don't think fluent no Okay. Are you fluent Welsh? I am. Do you know my degree was impressive. The, first, the degree was the first thing I studied in English. No. In serious, hundred percent. No. How did you manage that? I done GCSEs and A levels in Welsh, and yeah, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Put it that way. So I know, I know, my housemate did a GCSE in Welsh, so she oh. has like, but she didn't study well. Like, she didn't study in Welsh. I could ask her. Should I call her? So I did the opposite. So I studied Welsh and I done a GCSE in English. <laughs> That's so weird. That's so weird. I know. Okay, so how come? What's how come some people do and some people don't? Just, just depending what schools you go to. It just depends what school you went to. My parents really want me to go to a Welsh speaking school, so Yeah. Yeah. I know that my, my friend's um sister wants so she my friend has a niece. Uh, they want her to go to a Welsh-speaking school because they don't want to like lose the language. Yeah, I'm not that. No, nah, do you know what? I am pro. <laughs> I'm not that bothered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. No, I don't know. It's it's difficult. I'm proud I can speak Welsh. Yeah, you should be. I think that's cool. But if I could change that, you know, my past in terms of if it was an English school instead, I think that would be better. Really? I'm shocked. I, so. I am proud to speak Welsh, but I wish I went to an English. I, I had a good school experience with my mates, but I wish I went. I wish we were all speaking English, not Welsh. Because like, even in like the corridors and stuff, if we got caught speaking English. Oh, you got into trouble. You got into trouble. You'd have detention. If no. You that day. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's quite bad. That's worse. <laughs> that's pretty bad. I think you should be proud that you went to a Welsh school for sure. But I think to be punished into speaking a language isn't, <laughs> isn't ideal. Oh, honestly, like I still, I get nightmares now of just speaking English in a corridor. Right, Georgia. You're like, <laughs> Do you speak another language then? Surely you must. Yeah. Would so you... I can speak Arabic as well. Okay. Now that is sick. Yeah. I wish though. So I only, I learned Arabic kind of like, so my parents are fluent because they're Arab, 
well I'm Arab but like yeah my parents are OG Arab and um, <laughs> they can speak Arabic obviously fluently and I probably only learned to speak it when I was like 12 and then probably only started speaking it properly when I came to uni as well because I met Arab people that we'd speak to each other in Arabic um, yeah and I started reading and writing only recently it's hard it's so hard but I do wish I'd done like a, at least a GCSE in Arabic. That's a regret for sure. How, how have you learned there? Just from your parents and stuff? Or? Yeah, cause just like, because obviously we all spoke Arabic in the house, but like it wasn't like formally taught. Um, we just spoke like colloquial Arabic. Uh, and yeah, I could never have like a political, professional, or like scientific conversation really in Arabic. It's very much like day to day stuff. See, I have regrets. That's a regret. See, it's, we should be going for you can speak Welsh. Yeah, but see, I'm Italian as well. Half Italian. Uh, that kind of makes a bit more sense. Because I was like, your name's not very Welsh. <laughs> yeah, I'm half Italian. And I can't speak Italian, which is shocking. Do you regret it? I do regret it, but I'm trying to learn it. But do you know what? I enjoy learning science. I can't find any motivation to learn yeah. the language. And I'm really, I know a little bit of Italian, but not much. So then, yeah, you, you'd have to learn it like, what about Duolingo? Yeah, but it's just not, it's, it's not that efficient. Like yeah. my sister's boyfriend, he speaks Italian, funny enough. Wow. <laughs> he speaks like, funny enough, my Welsh housemate's boyfriend is Italian. What? <laughs> so weird i wonder if i can get her let me call her do you mind of course yeah this this podcast will make no sense at this point cut <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna this is gonna be so much editing but you know what it's a good fun conversation i'd rather that than sorry i, po- I no, apologize profusely no for wasting your time. <laughs> you are not wasting my time this is i'm enjoying this this is good oh yeah, that phone's off so i can't even call her oh, unless no. i shout really loudly but Shannon. That's literally, what I, that's literally what I sound like. Oh, Shannon! Come here, please. Say Derima. Derima! So this person that I'm doing this podcast with uh-huh. is half Welsh, uh-huh. half Italian. Wow. Yeah, wow. My children are going to be that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, Shemai. Shemai. Sedoiti. Yandio, that's it. No, no, that's it. I've done all that. I can't. What did you say? I said Yawn Dioch. Good thanks. Yawn Dioch. I told him I could say Diana Dewey. <laughs> and Dig. And Dig. Yeah, that they teach you that on. on um, shit, what's it called? I just said it. Duolingo. Duolingo. Yeah, they teach you Dig and um, Megan <laughs> and Owen. <laughs> Look at that. Hoyle. Hoyl Vaur. Hoyl. Hoyl. I know that one. <laughs> Look at that. We've got a bit of wealth. Nosta. <laughs> Nosta. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, that is quite funny. That's quite nice. But you know, yeah, because I, I really want to go to Dubai as well. Random, yeah. When you become a YouTube influencer, you can... Uh... <laughs> I'm not a YouTube influencer. Have you been in Dubai and stuff? No, I haven't been to Dubai. Okay. Weird. Because where can you speak Arabic apart from, so you've got Dubai, Qatar? So all of like the Middle East, basically. Yeah. 
basically. And um, yeah, so like Lebanon. My parents are originally Lebanese. Okay. So yeah, speak Arabic there. Um, and French. So my parents are like trilingual. So I feel really, really, I don't know what the word is, under, I don't know, what is the word? Oh my gosh. Are you educated? Yeah, well, that is one. Um, we'll go with undereducated because that's how I'm acting right now. I swear, I'm doing a PhD. It's fine. <laughs> I know, I'm super stressed. So just before I was going to tell you, I'm going to Italy mm. now in, um, in September now. Mm-hmm. I'm doing like a research project out there, part of my PhD. That's cool. Very um, jealous. Thanks. And I spoke to the professor and he's like, yeah, so no one speaks that good. In- he speaks good English, but no one else in the lab. So I'm like, shit, I really. And I told him I'm practicing Italian. I'm half Italian because he knew my name Festa. So he was like, oh, he's from Naples. And I'm just going to rock up there with an Italian name and not even know how to the say Welsh's it. The Welsh accent ever. <laughs> I was to go in. I was and they're just... <laughs> they'll be like no <laughs> <laughs> they're like where do they get this bloke from so... <laughs> you are fake <laughs> they won't be happy where are you going in Italy uh, Bologna oh my friend went to uni in Bologna apparently it's like the oldest university in the world it is it's like 10 I don't even know. million years old <laughs> it's like a thousand years old I can't get over yeah. it yeah, no, I've heard about Bologna. I think I think Bolognese came from there too. I love. I might have just made that up, but I, <laughs> I love Bolognese. So I hope that's true for you. <laughs> I heard it's the capital of like food and good social life. So oof, can't wait. Hopefully, let's hope there's no pandemic. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> well, I was originally meant to go in March, see, but then obviously because of the COVID and stuff, which is fair enough. So I'm going in September time now. That's so cool. I wish I got like a thing in mine. I know someone that got to go to Paris for theirs as well. Wow. That would be cool. Did you get to do anything like that or? No. <laughs> My hours are, hours are, yeah, basic. I don't get paid. I, yeah, they're not great. I mean, I like my project. I wouldn't have done it if I didn't, but it's not the best place to be. No? Cut so, out that I said I worked where I worked. <laughs> so where did you, what did, did you study undergrad then at uh, Surrey as well? Yeah, I did. So I, but I did veterinary bioscience at Surrey. <laughs> so we actually had lectures with the, you did sports science, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had some combined lectures with them cool. and, um, yeah, and then I basically started the project on my placement year, where I am now, and it just kind of continued, and he was like, do you want a PhD? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, kind of thing. Um, it just kind of worked out nicely. There were obviously some like blips and stuff because of like funding and visas, etc. but it worked out pretty well. I'm, I'm lucky enough to be on it, I think, but it, I don't think it's convinced me to stay in science, which is like a bit of a shame. Oh, serious? Okay, now this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to delve into this. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Um, so when I applied for my PhD, well, didn't even really, when I got into conversations about my PhD, I'd actually applied for a master's in international relations. So I wanted to like completely swerve and go into like politics or something like that, um, which definitely is where my probably true interests lie. 
then the PhD thing came up and I kind of sat back and thought, I don't really think I'm going to get another opportunity. Number one to do a project I've started that I like, that I, I don't particularly mind doing. Um, and that I didn't have to compete for as well, which is quite lucky. So yeah, so I basically just jumped on the PhD, but I don't think I'll stay in science. So I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm a very committed researcher. I think I'm good at science, but like not good at like reading papers, staying like on top of everything. I don't really, yeah. So I don't think I'd be great. If somebody employed me, they'd have to tell me what the papers said because I wouldn't make the effort to go and read them. But then I was talking to someone in my office about this the other day. I have no idea now what I'd go into. Like definitely still interested in politics, but recognize that I'm not British. So that's gonna be hard. How can I be a politician and not be British in Britain? You know, um, I'm not very good at uh, like sitting at a desk all day. So I couldn't really do a desk job. Um, and I really want to like be with people. So like being stuck in a lab isn't really for me. I don't know, this is an existential crisis, to be honest. So the science communication stuff and the podcast were to, to be that maybe go into like some sort of like journalism or yeah, psychom or something. I don't know, just widen my options because I have no idea what I want to do. I'm also like, this, like, I'm gonna not describe myself very nicely, but like I require like ego stroking as well so like whilst I'd love like the like accolades you get from research I can't do the actual research but I I know that I need praise to do good work if that makes any sense I know that's what I'm like that I, I work harder if I get recognition for what I'm doing blah 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 so I do need something that gives me that as well so it's I don't know do you have a job for me <laughs> <laughs> but but that is normal though like yeah there's, have you read the book Motivation is a Myth? No. It's really good. Love this book. Okay. I always, okay. I think I always talk about it in my podcast. I, I got some <laughs> books that I love talking about. Are you trying to get a sponsorship deal? <laughs> I am. Hint, hint. What I like about Motivation is a Myth is that it's this theory, or not theory, it's already proven, that when you, people believe that motivation is something you need to do something. But actually, that's a lot of nonsense. Motivation, because okay. that, with that motivation, it spikes up. And after a week of doing it, it goes like that because you no longer got that initial motivation, right? Yeah. How motivation actually works is it's a progression in the work you're doing. So when you hit mini goals, so for example, if you, were, you went to a casino to win money, if you want 100 quid one week, it's going to motivate you to do it again the next week and then you'll just mm. keep going. And so what I'm trying to say is I, I do, I get it as well. I'll be honest with you. There's not enough like praise in research, is there? I know it sounds yeah. really harsh to say. No, it's true. It's a difficult thing because there's some weeks you're just not motivated at all. And you just mm -hmm. feel like you want someone to just be like, you're doing great. Like, yeah. But you just yeah. don't always get that. Or not as, cons as consistently as you would in other jobs. Yeah, I think that's the more fair. I thing think I think I completely agree with you. Like the positive feedback loops are not in place in research. Like I think um, a couple of weeks ago, I went so the, it literally exactly what you said. Had like a super spike of motivation. Like worked my like ass off for a week, and then like massive slump. 
Like I was like, I don't even see the point of this anymore. I'm out. Like don't no one speak to me for a couple of days because I don't want to even know that I'm a scientist right now. And then I happened to have emailed my supervisor and he replied, he's great, great relationship. Not very good at praise though. One of the very few times he was like, keep up the good work. And just that, that one little line, I was like, right, okay, let's go again. And you're so right that I need, well, I think people need a bit more like positive reinforcement. The more you tell me I'm doing good work, the more good work I'll do for you. Like it's, it should be a no brainer. Like just praise me more and I'll do all that you want. Yeah, it's just finding ways of delivering that praise, yeah. Because i got really good supervisors as well, but they can't just be there mm-hmm. week in, week out. But as you said, like, the lab on times can be a lonely place. Like, you can be in there mm-hmm. on your own for a whole, like, week, two weeks. You've got experience with net. Let's be honest, no one gets 100% in experiments. Things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's difficult. It's really hard on time science, because that's like... but. When you work in like industry, obviously you work in normally, often what yeah. I've heard, a larger team, you've got like weekly kind of goals and stuff. You're all working on the same project. It's, it's different to independent research. I agree. And I think with independent research, what I sometimes struggle with is knowing what do I struggle with is like giving myself tasks. Yeah. So I'm quite like, um, so I'm when I so every day I have a list of things I need to do and I tick them off and like the ticking off gives me like quite a lot of satisfaction like I've achieved so much today blah blah blah. so I put like really stupid jobs on there sometimes like email so and so but I'll still get to tick it off and I'll feel like yes did a great job you know but with independent research as opposed to working in a team like you can see that where I work at the agency because obviously you have us PhD students doing independent research but you have like the bigger teams that do whatever their normal businesses and they all have jobs they have meetings they have like consistent and constant communication um, amongst like the group of who's doing what job all the time so you go in every day and you know what you're doing which obviously I could be that person I could be that like person that micromanages my project but I think I'm just not built that way so being an independent researcher and being a bit like very I'm very easily distracted love to do everything I can get my hands on like like this like podcasting instagramming everything like i'll i'll do it you know whereas setting myself a task is hard and i think that maybe i would be better suited to be in the industry and like work as a team and also i feel sometimes that holds you accountable because somebody else is relying on you to do some work whereas the only person i'm accountable to at the moment is myself and like i'm like no it's fine dana like i forgive you you didn't do any work today it's fine you know holding myself accountable is hard at the moment especially yeah it is difficult i think that's i'm i'm glad you're so open with it i really appreciate it and i think it's good for you know people listening to this podcast to be as open because it is hard and i think like having stuff like you know this is why one of the reasons i decided i wanted to start the podcast the website the youtube and whatever it's just something else to kind of keep me motivated yeah, and yeah. research but yeah it it's one of the things it's gonna go wrong at some points and it's yeah definitely it's hard to take on times so have another stuff I, sorry go no no you say i finished now i i do think that something that's like really good that i've discovered doing the instagram um which i actually like to be completely honest you never thought 
would be a thing is how how supportive the science community is on Instagram and I'm pretty sure it's because we're all of like similar career stages and similar ages like we're all, probably all like in our range of 20s you know mm-hmm. early 30s like pushing it so having that group of people at the same point means that when something goes wrong if I feel like no one in my life is like super supportive I can go on Instagram and post it and someone will be like like it's fine you know and I found a lot of support on Instagram which I never ever thought I'd get you know you know how they always say like Instagram's really toxic like the science community I don't find toxic I don't know if it's the same for you no we, we said this funny enough in the podcast last week the one I done with Adrian, oh. and Brad, we said that the science community has done a big massive flip with mm. like usual Instagram so normal Instagram you got these fake people um, yeah sorry, I shouldn't say fake people but you've got these Those influencers the- in Dubai yeah. which is in my opinion nonsense yeah and then they're advertising this this life that's not completely real they're not showing their full selves yeah when you look at the science yeah. community everyone's like really truthful and honest on there people yeah. put when they have bad days the good days what work they're doing and that's really good especially as a phd student you can feel so lonely on times having an online communication such mm. as in, a platform such as instagram is fantastic it's great it's, i completely agree completely agree like i even find myself being much nicer to people on this isn't really a criticism of myself but much nicer to people (laughs) much nicer to people on instagram on my science page than i am on my personal one like i'll literally scroll past things on normal instagram and just be like it's literally like you know you're just swiping i'm just going you know but i'll stop and read the science stuff and be like it'll be okay and like i'm actively trying to support people better and you know Definitely, definitely. The science community on Instagram is incredible and so supportive. And it's not like, I find that people aren't very competitive, which is unexpected of scientists, you know? Or is everyone just secretly competitive? <laughs> everyone's looking at each other's follow account. I'm only joking. Nah, I agree with you. I think everyone's... I don't know why. I think you just get that good feeling of being supportive, isn't it? Mm. I think everyone's just open. They're like okay, well, I'm trying to be an expert in this. You're trying to be an expert in that. You teach me something about your thing and I'll teach you something that I know. That's what I find anyway. Yeah. And even I follow people who, like, I'm not necessarily following to learn something from, if, like, if that makes any sense. I'm, I'm learning. I'm not learning. Well, I don't know what the word is. I'm following them because I find their Instagram... Uh, like interesting I'm not necessarily like interested in learning what you do or interested in like doing what you do or I don't know like I follow yeah. loads of people that slice brains I will probably never ever slice a brain in my life but I love watching these people's time-lapse videos of like chopping up brains you know like I think Brad posted something about chopping up yeah. brains and I was like that that's cool I don't do that but like I love I love that I love seeing the different parts of science because I think as well you can be in like echo chambers in your labs because everyone I know does something with a virus or something with the immune system and that's what we do that's what us five do and that's all that I think science is you know then you go on Instagram and someone's like whoa I'm doing this with this protein I'm like I don't even know what a protein is you know (laughs) really like (laughs) 
no i completely <laughs> agree it's great just seeing all the techniques and even like i was speaking to shenroz and he works with animals and i was just so fascinated with how he was growing these mice to make them obese oh, yeah that's oh. so cool yeah <laughs> that's so random i know and he was just telling me about like doing the test on the obese mice because they're that heavy <laughs> they just don't even move they just give up so i can just imagine this <laughs> just like carrying mice like <laughs> they go big as well they're like what are they, 50 grams that's stop that's big that's a big little mouse yeah oh my gosh though i do mine's really boring mine's annoying because like we all in my lab all do animal projects my one colleague does elephants how cool elephants my one so two of our colleagues do pigs and they get like loads of animal studies obviously like shame like they have to kill loads of pigs but like for the greater good you know loads of pigs and then um my one friend does like avian influenza so it's always doing bird things and i do equine immunology and i don't even get to see the horses someone just posts me blood that's it mine's boring oh didn't even get to see the animal yeah but that's cool though it's cool when I'm walking around like my blood bag, feeling like, ooh, ooh I'm a scientist, you know? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah, but this is what I want to ask you as well. You know, because you're a virologist slash immunologist with your horse yeah. blood. Is everyone just like, wow, like, can you tell me about SARS-CoV? Is there, I bet everyone's yes. asking Yeah, so, um, yeah, but I, I don't know any, I also don't know anything about COVID, you know? I don't affect my horses with COVID. So at the very beginning of like, oh no, maybe in the middle of the first lockdown, I did a, like a Facebook live with um, the students union at Surrey, because I'm like quite involved in the students union. And they were like, so, um, you know, you do equine immunology. Can, could you get COVID from your horse? And I was like, I don't know. Could you? Like, I, why would I know that? I don't do COVID. Like, I don't know anything about anything. But everybody, like, I have like a family group chat and two of us, are scientists and there's like 20 people in this group chat and two of us are scientists and so people like we have loads of like anti-vaxxer type people in my family oh. group chat like loads of like uh you know covid's a hoax kind of thing <laughs> and so we're both there like banging our heads against the wall like it's not a hoax take the vaccine it's fine and then they'll ask you something like ridiculous and you're like why would i know that like can you and they'll be like, see you can't answer it so it's a hoax like, but why would I know that? <laughs> oh my gosh. I've really stepped away with the whole, uh, some people's ideas, you know, like it changes your DNA <laughs> oh. <laughs> and all that stuff. I've, tr I've tried to just stay away from all that because it'll just upset me and I'm just I haven't got time to yeah so I get agitated for sure I get very like but you don't know like you don't know you're literally like so the new thing is now they're not anti-vaxxers they're just anti-mRNA vaccine now so <laughs> it's like I would take the Moderna one or I don't even know if it's the Moderna one what's the what's the Chinese one called Sino Sinovac right. I'd take Sinovac because it's inactivated virus and I, I, the virus won't change my DNA. I wouldn't take Pfizer or AstraZeneca or whatever. This is like what I get told because the mRNA changes your DNA to tell your cells to start producing something. And I'm like, but you don't know that. Like if you Google it, if you understood the paper that you were reading, you would know that's not true, but you don't understand. So stop trying to argue with me. Like 
oh no i feel you i feel you i'm getting angry now even talking about it. i don't know why people and, and it's not it's usually off a facebook post as well yeah they'll just read something they'll just assume you know even i'm a well to somewhat extent a scientist mm. i wouldn't comment on something i, I wasn't fully understanding of you know even no. wait, i don't know the full in in and outs of it Mm-mm. so i just don't understand why people just think they should just comment and then share it with the world <laughs> if someone that de- generally does not understand something they want to learn that's fine i, I appreciate that different yeah and then when you're saying stuff that isn't true and not based off of th- a theory then i'm just like yeah i get like i that completely agree with you if you don't know and you're asking to learn i can respect you for asking like the lack of knowledge is fine as long as you're willing to learn but it's the lack of knowledge but you think you know everything that's what i can't stand and it's like facebook warriors being like like you know you're going to be controlled bill gates has all the money microchips i'm like i can't believe you are believing what you're typing yeah i read the best one i read was if you can, when you lie on your bed, <laughs> I'll think, that's it. Focus. Okay. If you can lie on your bed and hold your breath for 10 seconds, <laughs> hold your breath for 10 seconds, you haven't got COVID. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't. <laughs> oh, I was. And people like, but I mean, from that perspective, you know a little bit more because you did exercise science. <laughs> you know a little bit about like lung capacity. <laughs> I was outstanding. I was, and then people were commenting, in, "What happens if I do it on the floor? Will that work?" And like, then <laughs> I was like, "Nah, come on, now this they've set this up. This can't be real." I was like, oh. <laughs> "You're joking, right? You're joking." <laughs> nah. Yeah, I think that's the worst oh, thing you've read. Come on, there must be something. Uh, the... <laughs> what is the worst thing I've read? <laughs> I don't actually know what the worst thing I've read is. I've just kind of like cleaned my Facebook of COVIDians. Um... <laughs> I can't. Um... Okay, this is one that I've read. So I follow the Ministry of Health, uh, the, the Zambian one. So sometimes when I'm a bit bored, I go through the comments and try and like, you know, be like, I'm going to impart some knowledge. So this one guy commented, so it was like a mask up campaign, like you, know, you should wear masks and stuff. And the guy was like, masks don't work. They just want you to cover your face. Okay. So I commented being like really nice, like, no, it's really important that you wear your mask. It's really important, you know, transmission, all these things. And he was arguing and arguing and arguing with me how masks don't do anything. And then, I don't know, I don't even know what happened, but at the end he goes, I was talking about when you're walking by yourself, you shouldn't be wearing a mask. And like, I was literally going around in circles. I, I couldn't, like the Zambian Ministry of Health Facebook page drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. And then people will be like, you don't need to cover your nose because COVID can't be in your nose. It's just, it's just shit like that. I can't. I do go on it for laughs sometimes, though. Yeah, you need to stay away from that. <laughs> it'll just drive it you. Does make you me everything. It'll drive you insane. Someone on Instagram, who was it? Oh, it was a big profile. I can't even remember who. And they were posting the best comments and some of <laughs> people's uh, Facebook comments related to 
Oh, I mean, there's been some, yeah. I mean, the one thing that is a little bit annoying about the Insta community is that everybody jumped on COVID posts, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Everybody became a COVID expert. And I was a bit like, I, don't, I mean, kudos to them because they did, they obviously did the research to go and like educate people. But I was a bit like, I have like COVID fatigue. Can we, can we stop talking about COVID? I was like starting to swipe through just like COVID posts. Which obviously I do understand why, because people like it is good that Psycom is producing that information because it's better than like COVID idiots like chatting absolute shit. Mm. But yeah, I mean like kudos to them. I just have COVID fatigue. I can't like I can't really do it anymore. With it's it's everywhere. Like it's it's all people talk about. I'll call my friends if I haven't caught up with them in a while. I'll call them, be like, hey, like how's it going? And it'll be like, yeah, no, I've been stuck inside because you know COVID. And then we'll speak about COVID. And it's like nothing is happening in anybody's lives anymore. That's literally all it is. It's I'm finding it that hard. It is difficult though, because it's hard to not have a conversation about anything else. Or surely, like yeah, ev- yeah, that's that's what I mean. It's like they, I have nothing to tell you that isn't COVID related because we are all surrounded by it. We're at home, or we can't go to work, or like can't go out for someone's birthday. Like you know, it's all everything's COVID related. So you're right, it is hard. Yeah, it's it's really difficult, especially, the, I don't know about you, but this third lockdown has really taken out of me, even though I should be very, yeah. I am fortunate that I can go into the lab, do PhD work, can't mm. on the weekend, which is a bit annoying. I would like to try and get mm. a bit more done just to play catch up. But yeah, it's still difficult. The only place I go is no. that and uh, uni now. <laughs> you, you're so right. Like um, first lockdown, it was fine. I was I was fine, like so so fortunate, especially because of Milton Keynes. Second lockdown, at least we were still kind of in summer. I know. Yeah, was that the second lockdown? No. When was the second lockdown? I don't know. I don't know. What yeah. even counts as a lockdown anymore? Okay, <laughs> when we went from okay, the summer. So we had Milton Keynes in first lockdown, that was fine. And then we opened up a bit. And so we had summer, but we had like a tier system, maybe. I don't know. Yes, we had the tier system. And so that was fine because I wasn't in a very high tier. So to some extent, we were still doing things. And then October was my birthday and we were allowed to have dinner with like a max of six people. So that was still fine. And then, yeah, this lockdown has been the worst one for me. I've been, I've, I've been able to do things, all the lockdowns, especially the first one, which I think was probably the worst one in terms of the shutdown and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but being a Milton Keynes, I was like, oh, am I even in a pandemic? I know I've got COVID samples everywhere, but like I have a social life. I can see people. I can go outside and yeah. I'm busy. No, I was we super very, fortunate. We were very fortunate to be working on Yeah. Well, I say not working on COVID, but having a job. Yeah, but just working in general. And also... Experience. Sorry, no, I was just saying, like putting our uh, working capabilities to good use, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was quite nice. I remember going to Milton Keynes and being quite proud. I was like, look at me, like, you know, like your degree counts for something when you can actually use it to help people, which I think is sometimes why we do degrees. Like, you know, most people go in into their undergrad being like, I'm going to change the world in some way or like, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, and putting it to use at the time was I was quite proud of. I was very proud to go to, to Milton Keynes, super proud. Um, I've, yeah, I've been so fortunate. Yeah. I've, like, I, I struggle to even complain about being in lockdown when 
I've had probably the best lockdown experiences because I've been lucky enough to live with my friend, because I was lucky enough to go to Milton Keynes, lucky enough to keep a job, lucky enough to go to the lab. Like I've been so lucky the whole time. I sometimes feel guilty for complaining. I know, but I can't get over the people who have like literally been at home the whole time. I know, I know. Imagine, imagine, like, come on, like I'm going to plug it here. Like get a, get a vaccine if you get offered one, because Imagine being those people. My one of my best friends is one of those people. She works for the travel industry. Obviously, um, that's like hit a shitter, but her company's actually managed to stay afloat. And she's been at home since like day one of lockdown one, has been in her flat in London. Like flats in London are not big, there are no gardens, can barely do anything, can barely function. Like my yeah, I feel so sorry for her sometimes. Yeah. She's strong though, power to her. I couldn't do it. Exactly. Yeah, like even like I said, even when I was in the lab, like the third lockdowns just drive me insane. Struggling with motivation, struggling to yeah. yeah, just try and do work. It's and it's not even that. It's I think the work's well, I am struggling to get motivation to work because there's nothing to look forward to after because we're not we can't really do anything. No celebrations. Yeah. But how long do you think lockdown will be now? Do you, do you personally? Think? Uh, I, I think it'll be in the summer still. Do you think? Yeah, I think that, like, I don't know if I can criticise the government, but I think had they kept us in all of last summer, we wouldn't be where we are now. And I hope that just, I know people are annoyed. and I know people are, like, struggling. But if you had kept us for longer we wouldn't have to do tier systems in second lockdown and third lockdown mm. if you've done it right the first time we wouldn't be in the third time so i hope i really hope they are just careful when they let us all out again but see i can have that opinion because i'm out anyway like i social distance and i follow the rules and everything but like i'm so lucky so it's all well and good me saying keep us in but i'm not stuck in am i yeah no that's true same for me. So, way. yeah, I don't know. When do you think we'll be out? I don't know. I really don't. It's just like the simple things now. Don't it? Like, I really want to go to a spoons. I'm just really silly, but I think. No, I mean, we all miss something. You're so right. You're selfish saying that in a way, but I don't mean it like that. I think just it wouldn't. No. I just, I wish it was stricter from the start, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I know, I agree with you. We'd be out. And sometimes we'll be driving home and we'll play like really good music and I'll be like, you know what I miss? I really miss a club. I miss the inside of a club. Just like jamming. But we then spoke about it. By the time the pandemic is over and clubs are open again, we'll be past our clubbing prime. Imagine, I can't even remember the last time I went on a night out. Yeah. I can't either. Like, and I'll be, I'll be too old. Can you? I'll be too old to go to those really cool clubs by the time my PhD is finished and the pandemic's over. Oh, once you're a doctor and you, and you pass that age, you can't. You won't be able to go. <laughs> I can't go to a club. I have a PhD. I can't go to a club. Who do I think I am? <laughs> I'd have a role just to be like, oh my gosh. Oh my no, gosh, imagine. I don't think clubs will open for years, you know. Nah. Do, you know do you know what? I was having this chat the other day with one of my mates. He's so hopeful. Every time I speak, <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's getting better. I was like, 
you were saying that in September when it was at its worst. <laughs> like, just read some statistics. It's not that. It's not that. It's not good at all. You sound so disappointed in him. <laughs> oh, just like, come on, it's it's not good. And he's like, oh yeah, we'll be allowed in clubs this year. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, I spoke to one of my other mates who is realistic, and we were saying we don't even know if it, if it will ever go back to fully normal. Yeah. I don't know. It will, you know. I don't think it will either because I think that by the time the whole world is vaccinated, it's not going to be less than ten years. If you think about super impoverished countries that cannot afford COVID vaccines, mm. like you can't tell me that that they're going to prioritize like or even like that the UK is going to allow people to travel like we used to before for example like yeah travel's going to be so different yeah I agree with you I agree that's so sad I agree I don't think anything will go back to normal for a while have you been back yeah I've actually luckily been back twice so I went back yeah bad (laughs) um I went back in August and um so that was after, so I normally only go home for Christmas and obviously went home 2020 Christmas, like, or 2019 Christmas. I don't even know what year we're in, but anyway, so that, yeah. So like the December that the pandemic started, went home for that Christmas. Oh, 2019. And then, yeah, 2019. And then didn't go home again till August. And I only went home because they lifted restrictions. So I was like, I wasn't sure if I'd be able to go home for Christmas because I thought like I did think it would spike again and because of flu and all of that that we'd have a problem so yeah went in August then luckily was able to go back for Christmas because I've never not been home for Christmas so if I could I would have I definitely would have taken the opportunity whatever came up but obviously was careful obviously social distance obviously like did all the tests like yeah what so that's why I'm that's why I'm saying that I'm I'm as much as I'm saying everyone must stay in I'm like just chilling so I'm a hypocrite <laughs> and yeah, you, I am very fortunate so I can't just say everyone must stay in yeah but to be fair though with yourself you've it's not as if you've done anything bad as in well I don't know I'm I'm, not, I'm just assuming no 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 I haven't I haven't I've like I do been, stick like, to house parties and, and like I've no. heard of people in university well, not yeah. personally, but like online, having like these flat yeah. parties, I'm like that's yeah, bad. Like the, the halls, uh, halls must be difficult, surely. Yeah, halls of this. Yeah. Imagine how lonely you are in like one room. Yeah. Yeah, no. I um, I saw on like a meme page or something on Instagram, literally like that the halls were like full of of people having this party. Like people were stuck behind the door. Like, I don't know if you saw the same thing. It was crowded. I was like, you are the problem. Can you please stop? Yeah. It's people like that. Like, you going back to your country or doing your work, that's not bad. Uh, like, I mean, go- I think bad for me is people who are, like, going out partying or not, not essential meeting up. Mm. That's... If you're going in for like lab work, then that's fair. You going home, it's not, in my opinion. Yeah. The, um, so I, yeah, I was quite careful when I went home and stuff. Like I, I did, I did all I could basically, but the biggest thing I was afraid of was taking it home. Like that's what scared me. It wasn't like, 
you know, oh, I shouldn't be traveling, like, you know, loads of people. I wasn't worried for myself, which is also naive because we know that more people are dying at our, our age and that are healthy and et cetera, et cetera. But all I could think was like, my dad's an ex-smoker and like, I could kill my dad. That's all I could think about. So in that sense, I should have been more careful. I mean, I was careful. I social distanced from, from him for a while as well, for like two weeks and everything. And we all did tests and all the whole shebang. But yeah, I mean, I could have got it on the flight. That's what scared me. It's been like negative in the UK, positive on the flight, and then give it to my dad. Mm. Well, obviously I'm my mum, but like my dad's a high risk. Yeah. Did you get the test in? When you got Zambia, yeah. Zambia. yeah. Yeah, yeah, So to enter the country, you have to have a test, which like I had a whole rant about it on my Instagram, actually. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so to enter Zambia, you have to get a test, which is pretty good. And then as you come into the airport, they do screenings, they do temperature screening. And if you can't prove that your test was done within 48 hours, they make you do a test at the airport. Um, and that was like back in August way ahead of the curve my poor little third world country way ahead of the curve um so that was pretty good and then on the way back to leave zambia even though at the time the uk didn't require a test to enter the uk zambia wouldn't allow you into the airport without the test so i had to do all like all the tests all the time like i counted the number of tests i've done just in the uk is 15 because of like the various jobs i've done we have to test every week and stuff I was like, I'm overkill testing. Can I calm down? I was just saying like, oh, touch wood, none of them ever come back positive. Although to be fair, my housemate came back positive and I didn't get it. Maybe I have some like immunity. That's what I'm praying for. Come on, come on, come on, jeans. <laughs> yeah, I've had, I've had to keep on getting two tests a week now to keep on going oh, back. Oh, yeah. The lateral flow, funny enough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've never tested positive for COVID. Touch wood. You think you've had it? I think I've had it right at the start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I say the story? I wish I could have an antibody test. But then yeah. the thing is, we don't know how long they last for, do they? Do we? we? Don't. That's the issue. Because I don't ever remember being sick. But... I've been in so many situations that I should have come back positive. Like me and my house housemate are like exceptionally close. Like to the extent we're basically sisters. Like on the weekends, like I'll get in her bed, like she'll get in mine, like we share drinks, like whatever, pick from the same like food and same kitchen, all the the whole thing. And when she came back positive, I was like, it's a matter of time before I come back positive and didn't. So either I've had it. Or I've got some like superpower genes. <laughs> I've heard of so many things like uh, like partners, like yeah, husband and wife or whatever, girlfriend boyfriend. One of the partners come back positive and the other one negative. So strange. My mum's brother came back positive and his family, so his wife and kids, never came back positive. It's really strange. I can't work that out why that's happening. No, me neither. Like we're talking about how like high transmission, like. You know, that's all that's drummed into us. You know, maybe it is a hoax. Hmm. No, I'm joking. Oh um, my it... God. <laughs> Beep. No, I'm joking. <laughs> You're about to be like, I'm going to hang up this call. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I was, 
I was like, I don't know if he's joking or not. Like, yeah, I hope he is. But anyway, so I took him round and all that. The next day, I woke up. I was like, I'm out of breath here. And I was bed bound for like three or four days. Around mother, I was like, I think. COVID. And it was right at the start. And then the lockdown happened the day, two days after. Because it was the Monday or the Tuesday or whatever. And I was like, shit, I've got COVID. And the thing that confirmed it for me, so I was bed bound for four days. Oh my God. I was sweating one day, too hot, too cold. It was horrible. I had it really bad. Not, you know, not to the extent that he did hospitalization, but I was bed bound. And after the four days, when I started to get better, my taste had gone and my smell. And Defo had it. I wish I recorded a video of it. I cut two garlic pieces, right? <laughs> this is going to sound disgusting, but I needed to see how bad it was. I stuck two garlic things up my nose, <laughs> trying to smell the garlic. I could no. not smell it. I, pro- I, might, I might even have the video. COVID. I should have posted that on Twitter, but I didn't want to. Yeah. I didn't want to at the time, but I had two garlics. I could not smell nothing. You had COVID, 100%. My housemate, when she started recovering, also lost her taste and smell. Is it? Like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Definitely had COVID. Because at the time, when it first came out, you had to pay for a test, didn't you? Unless you were going yeah. to... Yeah. I remember taking... So, um, completely unrelated, not COVID-related. Mm. Um, before the lockdown as well, having to take a friend to hospital, she had to have surgery. And I was like her friend to go with her because like uni and stuff, obviously our families aren't here. And I remember sitting there in the hospital and I think that we took masks because we were like, "Mm, we don't know how bad this is. But it was like, no one was wearing masks at the hospital but us. Like it was as though, I remember the beginning. I remember people not like thinking it was real. Oh Mm. my gosh. I know. Oh my gosh, imagine. I can't believe you had it. Yeah, I think I must have, but... I think I, you must have too. Oh, 100%. I, I was really... I kept it really quiet. I was really concerned because cause it was just the beginning. Yeah. Not many people had had it. I was panicking. I was like, I don't know anyone else has had it. And I'm like, shit, I've got it kind of thing. Mm. Um, I think the stigma is so bad. Yeah. The, like, the way the media has portrayed people that get it as, like, being, like, rule breakers and badly behaved and until you die then it's like oh shame you know mm. kind of thing but I think the yeah the stigma is so bad that people aren't even saying that they've had it whereas if they said they had it probably help other people you know yeah Gosh. It, was, it was really it was scary at the time but I just hope like you know for the sake, sake of people's lives it does just get better because I remember like it took so long and even just stuff like testing people when they come back from holidays and stuff Mm -hmm. why why did that take so long I mean this goes back to can I criticize the UK government but like I was saying like my third world poor country was doing it in August last year I don't know why the UK waited until when was it January February Mm. why did you take so long to implement like good systems yeah, my housemate's Cameroon, and he was saying the same, like, mm. they had it really good, well, you know, 
just as good as can be expected for third world countries. I was expecting nothing, mm. you know. Um, and that's just what makes me a little bit annoyed at the situation here because if third world countries are doing the best they can with a little bit of money that they have, like, so we have to pay for tests in Zambia unless you're um, like ill and going to hospital, you pay. So I pay for every test that I take in Zambia. And like, they're affordable to some degree, but if you were like, I don't know what the word is. What would be the uh, exchange, would you say, if you don't me asking? Like, what, what would it be in Sterling? So, I don't actually even know the exchange rate. Let me Google it quick. That's fine. Like, about £30. Okay. And that's for a PCR test. Um, but yeah, the fact that Zambia had implemented so many systems to try and fight it before, because I mean, it's ravaging Zambia now because Zambia made mistakes like, I mean, actually, no, the government didn't make any mistakes, but the government's not policing anything. So people are still like, restaurants are still open, churches, like places of worship still open, funerals, funerals in Zambia are massive things. So like thousands of people go to a funeral and those are still happening and people are still going to school, people are still going to work. Like we've had no official lockdown. And that's why it's now it's now starting to peak, especially with that South African variant, I think is running rampant now in Zambia. But they did try with what they had, which is like back to my point, why I was quite annoyed with the UK government. Um, the resources that the UK government have are like immense, it's unrivaled what the UK government could have implemented at the beginning and I think like chose not to because they thought they knew better than scientists. I know it's it's a real shame because you've got the top scientists in the country literally working on the vaccines which has been outstanding. Mm -hmm. You've got the fantastic NHS staff like all yeah. involved who have just been outstanding. Uh, Too much not, pride. It's just not been controlled that well and I feel sorry yeah for everyone really yeah especially families who have right. lost someone it's really difficult i completely agree um and it feels like sometimes you meet people that have lost somebody and you're like it was an unnecessary death in a way like mm. if those people had been protected from the beginning if all of us had been protected from the beginning we wouldn't be where we are now like not not only like economically socially health wise like not just like physical health in terms of nobody's gymming, nobody's exercising. I haven't played a sport in like almost a year now. And I'm quite sporty. Like I'm athletic in my normal life, but can't do anything, you know? So physical health is gone and mental health is gone. Now to recover is going to be harder than anything. Like the country to recover health-wise, mentally and physically, economically, socially. Like I'm afraid of walking past people. Like sometimes I watch shows on TV that were filmed years ago and I'm like oh my gosh there's like so many people there and it's like one of the first things that I think about like oh, oh my gosh no one's wearing a mask like and like random fact I watch Made in Chelsea sometimes and I was watching Made in Chelsea and they flew to New York and I was like in my head I was like I wonder if they had to fly everyone there to like quarantine for two weeks before they started filming so and bearing in mind this was filmed in like I don't even know what year and it's something I actively think about so I I'm scared for myself for when we go back out and I have to like interact with the humans again. It's really sad to hear. Paranoia. 
I think a lot of people have got it. Even like to me today, I went to the park just for a quick walk. And it was really busy and I was like, I can't do this. So I turned around mm-hmm. and I just went back because I can't mm-hmm. risk, well, I don't want to risk getting it anyway, but I can't risk falling behind lab work. Yeah. I've got to be super careful. 100%. Twice a week. Um, My colleague is exactly the same. She was getting frustrated at work that people, other people weren't being so careful. And she was like, I have an animal study. Like somebody is going to impede on my animal study by being selfish and giving me COVID. Like that's something people are actively thinking about now. Like, it's, you, you, you know, bringing it back to like academia, we cannot afford to be ill or to be isolating or to be whatever. If you have access to a lab, all you want to do is be in the lab. Yeah. You know, and yeah, COVID is a little bit of an inconvenience. It is. But yeah. Oh my god, have we been recording two hours? Oof. Apparently, yeah. Oh my gosh, this has been a good. Do you know what? The reason why I said that earlier because usually I didn't know how this one was gonna go, but usually I have a bit of structure. We st- I start off like, oh hi, this is da da da. This is the the thing today I've got on with me. We'll talk about da 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 da. But this has just know, been yeah. like a conversation. Just, just a good conversation. So I've really enjoyed doing this i think i might start implementing this a bit more is i don't know if is yours similar to this your podcast or? so i am exactly in the same boat as you so ours is super structured like super structured to the extent that other guests mute themselves when a guest is speaking like super structured but then whenever we stop recording and have conversations i prefer them yeah um but for the sake of like clarity i've kept them structured but i think i might do what you do and turn them into a conversation because well this is what this one's been i've not had it before but it's i think it's, it's so much easier and so much more interesting and so much less rigid i think you know i've always mm-hmm. tried to keep it like I th- what i've said is i like having structure but i think it should just turn into a conversation with like with the structure if you get me because mm. people want to listen to conversations not an interview kind of thing yeah and I, mine have all been the host of his interviews so far like it's all very much like hi like welcome to our episode and so and so has joined us today like hi joe from italy like you know he's gonna talk to us about this hi joe thank you for joining us and they'll go thank you for having me and then i'll ask them a question and they'll answer you know and that's like that's the structure of my episodes and they're so although the content's interesting and i think people i think listen to the whole episode if they want to know what we're talking about not if they think that our conversation's interesting in our system so I I think I think you're right I think conversations are much better you've done like this because we've just spoke about everything we've spoken about like COVID we've spoken about doing PhD life and all that so but like yours is a bit more specific than mine in a way I think yeah yeah so like each episode has one thing to speak about so like whatever the topic is we must speak about that um, but like like I said, as soon as we stop recording, everyone takes their mute off. The conversation is much more engaging and much more interesting. Um, I might actually, yeah, no, actually, I think I might change mine too. Do you think? When's yeah, no, I think then? I will. Hopefully not for like ever. <laughs> so <laughs> finished last season one. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> finished last season one today. Yeah. But we have two episodes already recorded, like in our back pockets for season yeah. two. That's nice. Um, 
Yeah, so good. Uh, we have something on Friday. I can't wait for people to drop episodes. Like, <laughs> oh, now this has been so much fun. I really can't wait yeah, to find really out as well what you're gonna do after PhD. Like, I'm so interested now. It's like, I need. Oh, to- you know what? I can't wait to find out too. <laughs> <laughs> nah, honestly, don't put yourself like. If you want to be a politician and stuff, I definitely think, or like a journalist, I definitely think you can do it. You've got the the thing about you. You can definitely do it. I can tell, hundred mm. percent. Thanks. Vote, vote Dana for president. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Just, okay. Yeah, I think you will. I think just. Thank you. I hope so. It's so hard on times to like, especially you're doing a PhD. Like, come on, like you're working doing COVID work you're trying to finish a PhD it's hard to like visualize what's next after that because you just want to get that done yeah definitely like um I used to be quite good at like visualizing my life you know like people manifest I can't do that right because I do not have like foresight I don't have like the ability to like project what I want and be like that's what I want to be in 10 years and like work my hardest towards it I'm shit at that could not manifest to save my life no (laughs) oh that's brilliant but yeah i need to pop off now because 803 it's been two hours that's really good though really good conversation and i will actually listen to all this i will binge what's available now that's fine no honestly i appreciate your time and having me of course yeah no thank you for coming on like i said i've really enjoyed Hi everyone, hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. Please do let me know in the comment section and if you are currently studying a PhD or doing any type of research, do let me know and it would be great to have you on the podcast. If not, I'll see you all next time.